step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Nightline Sports Network, brought to you by Travis Dever and the Dever team. 386-690-1636. Welcome to the AAC Report only on the Nightline Sports Network. I'm Jeff Allen. Thank you so much for listening. Coming up, we'll talk to Kelly Hines of the Tulsa World as we talk about the Golden Hurricanes' wild, dramatic win over Tulane last week, as well as uh, what their chances are in making the AAC Championship game. Kelly's standing by in the virtual green room and will join us in just a little bit. As we said, the week did start off in exciting fashion. Tulsa once again rallied from a double-digit deficit to remain unbeaten in conference play. A wild 30-24 victory against the Tulane Green Wave in double overtime. With starter Zach Smith and backup Seth Boomer knocked out of the game with injuries, third stringer Davis Brin gave the Golden Hurricane the spark its offensive needed, offense needed as he put Tulsa on the board with an 18-yard touchdown run. He passed for 266 yards and two touchdowns after ending the game on the last series of the third quarter. His second TD was a thing of dramatic proportions. A 37-yard Hail Mary to wide receiver Juan Carlos Santana on the last play of regulation to force overtime. Then linebacker Zayvon Collins, there's that guy again. He delivers the victory with a pick six in the second overtime. Golden Hurricane head coach Philip Montgomery. Words really can't explain that one, right? Um, again, I'm just so proud of our young men. Um, you know, words can't really explain it, but the one thing I can explain is that is just a special group of guys down there. And it took every one of them, took all three phases. You know, Tulane is a really good football team. Came in here with on, on a roll with three wins. You know, I think Willie does an outstanding job there. Um, you know, so take no credit off of that part of it. Um, you know, don't know that we played our best ball tonight, but we found a way to win, and that's the that's the best way that I can explain it. And. Those guys down there in that locker room, they believe in each other. They're going to fight for 60 minutes every second of it, and it took every second of it tonight. And uh, <clears throat> just couldn't be more proud. Tulsa improves to 5-1 and one and remains a perfect 5-0 and oh in conference. And again, Kelly Hines joins us to talk about that momentarily. 
Cincinnati won a four teams nationally that is undefeated after at least eight games after the Bearcats improved to 8-0, 6-0 in the American with a 36-33 victory over UCF. Cincinnati trailed 25-22 in the fourth quarter. Quarterback Desmond Ritter then delivered a touchdown run and a touchdown pass in the final 15 minutes as part of his four-touchdown day and effectively ended the night's hopes for a late score, engineering a 10-play 57-yard drive that ended on the one-yard line with one second left. Ritter accounted for 395 yards of total offense as he threw for a season-high 338 yards and two touchdowns, adding 57 rushing yards with two touchdowns on the ground. He's accounted for 22 touchdowns, 10 passing, 11 rushing in Cincinnati's last five games and has accounted for at least four touchdowns in each of the last four contests. Bearcats head coach Luke Fickle says his team... No, I think we just made a statement. I don't know if you need anything more than that. Um... Wow, what a what a hard hard fought game! That is a really good football team um, that uh, you know on senior night gave us everything we could uh, we could handle, um, but couldn't be more proud of how our guys we we hadn't had that adversity all year really with with being down um, whether it was in the first quarter or being down in the fourth quarter uh, and our ability for that look leadership to just stay positive and and never really falter and uh, you know keep picking people up around them uh, is really really impressive and. You know, this is going to be a really difficult team to beat just because of the fact that when, when one's down, someone else can pick them up. And uh, we saw that tonight back and forth with a really, really uh, hard-fought road victory. East Carolina went on the road to get a 28-3 victory against Temple Saturday in Philadelphia. Wide receiver Tyler Sneed finished with 244 all-purpose yards and a pair of long touchdowns. He had three receptions for 75 yards and a touchdown. And he had 111 yards on kickoff returns, including a 95-yard touchdown and 58 yards on five punt returns. Head coach Mike Houston. Well, you know, 2020 is, uh, you know, it keeps on sending us plenty of curveballs. So, um, you know, what a what a great job today to be able to get a win on the road. Uh, you know, against a team that, uh, you know, we have not uh, beaten in conference play in the in the past. Um, you know, the kids, uh, you know, were very hard in practice this week. You know, we had some uh, had some adversity with some guys out. I had a couple of guys making their first college start on the offensive line. Uh, you know, Walt Stribling, true freshman, uh, in his first college start. Um, and just really, you know, really thought the kids, you know, practiced very hard this week. Um, you know, we were not perfect today. Uh, but the kids, you know, they, they fought. Uh, you know, they did a great job of the game plan. It's just exciting to, uh, you know, get back on the winning side. Memphis improves to 5-2 and as the Tigers roll to a 56-14 win against Stephen F. Austin at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium. Memphis outscored the Lumberjacks 36-0 in the second half as Brady White threw for 269 yards and his school record 82nd career touchdown. Wide receiver Calvin Austin III had 10 catches for 173, setting a school record with his fifth straight 100-yard game. Houston SMU and Navy in South Florida those games were both COVID postponements. So in the standings, things look like this. Cincinnati and Tulsa both undefeated in conference play. The Bearcats at 6-0, Tulsa at 5-0. SMU is 4-2 in the league, but would lose both tiebreakers to Cincinnati and Tulsa. Memphis, Houston, and Navy rounding out at 3-2. And, and the college football playoff poll is finally out. And for the first time, Cincinnati comes in at number seven. That's the highest a G5 team has been ranked in the first CFP poll. Tulsa comes in at number 25. 
in the other rankings. The Bearcats also seventh in the AP and coaches poll. Tulsa's 24 in the AP and 25 in the coaches poll. So again, in the college football playoff poll, the first one being released as we record this on Tuesday evening, Cincinnati at number seven, Tulsa at number 25. And speaking of Tulsa, coming up next, we'll talk about that wild win they had over Tulane and what's ahead for the Golden Hurricane in the race for the AAC Championship game with Kelly Hines of the Tulsa World. That conversation and a look at the week's games coming up next on the AAC Report. Hey, this is Travis Dever, Kai's Real Estate, the Dever team, New Smyrna Beach. Your source for real estate and everything else, New Smyrna Beach. Proud sponsor of Nightline. Call me anytime at 386-690-1636. That's 386-690-1636. Let me show you my hometown, New Smyrna Beach, UCF's favorite beach. Go Knights and charge on. An auto accident can change your life forever. At Chad Bar Law, we are raising the bar on what to expect from your personal injury attorney. Hi, I'm Chad Barr, and I want you to know that our entire team is dedicated to providing you with the representation you deserve in your greatest time of need. If you or a loved one have been injured in an auto accident, call 407-599-9036 for a free consultation or visit chadbarlaw.com. At Chad Bar Law, our clients come to us in need and leave us family. Offices, Altamont Springs. And it is our pleasure to welcome back to the show from the Tulsa World, Kelly Hines. She covers the Tulsa Golden Hurricane, and uh, they are quite a bit in the news this week. Kelly, thanks for being back on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. All right, so uh, let's go first things first. We just got news uh, just a little bit ago that the upcoming game with Houston has now been postponed due to COVID issues going on with the uh, Cougars program. Tulsa and Houston would probably be the two programs who have been affected the most by scheduling in college football this season, it seems. Yeah, so I guess not really a huge surprise. You know, uh, definitely knew going into um, today that if, if – um, if Houston didn't uh, get cleared to resume practice from their COVID situation that, you know, has been ongoing for more than a week now, you know, it, it seemed pretty clear that the game wasn't going to be able to be played. So, you know, certainly disappointing from um, Tulsa's perspective because they're, you know, on quite a roll right now and, um, you know, would like to be playing games. But, uh, you know, it's their seventh um, COVID disruption of the season. So I think they're, they're handling things pretty well because uh, nothing is a surprise anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Seven times, that is almost an unfathomable number. We knew there would be some disruptions, but uh, uh, Tulsa has certainly taken the, quite the brunt of that, that's for sure. So they're coming off a dramatic win against Tulane last week in double overtime. Uh, a game where both quarterbacks, their starter and backup, get knocked out. They go down to the third string, and they get a miraculous finish with uh, Davis Brin throwing the Hail Mary to uh, force the overtime. And that man again, Zaven Collins, uh, delivering the victory with a pick six. Is that about the most dramatic game you've seen covering Tulsa football? Oh, man, it's hard to really think of anything being more dramatic as that, you know, that that Hail Mary, you know, I, I don't know that I've seen a, a game 
um, a play like that in a game other than like what you see in a movie. You know, it just it, that's just so improbable. And to see it play out that way, I mean, there were so many moments like that where you're like, oh, there's just no way. I mean, it just, uh, it was pretty shocking uh, to be like covering that game on on deadline and not really being able to process all of it because you're, you know, having to work. It just, you know, it wasn't until like I got home, it was one o'clock in the morning that I was like, oh my gosh, like that was so crazy. But that's just kind of how this season has been, you know, it's, it's, you know, all of the drama of the um, you know, the schedule disruptions and all the crazy ways that, that Tulsa's won games, you know, four times coming back from uh, double um, digit deficits and, and winning. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just a crazy year. So uh, I'm honestly running out of words to uh, try to describe it. Yeah. And, you know, it is interesting too. It, you know, you would think, uh, you know, you know, Tulane there, you know, is, is, is certainly a worthy opponent. You know, they, they were, uh, you know, neck and neck with SMU in their game. So, I mean, this is not like the, you know, they were, uh, in it locked down in a battle with a team that, uh, that they were, you know, was the bottom of the league. Uh, they had to fight and scratch and claw, especially with the, the injuries taking place. Uh, just remarkable how that turned out. Yeah, I I thought Tulane was, you know, for for much of that game was the better team. I mean, that's a legitimate team in the American, you know, that just speaks to, you know, the the depth that this league has that, you know, a, a team that now is in the bottom half of the standings. I, I really think that they're capable of beating anyone in the league, and there are quite a few teams like that. Um, so it really wasn't a surprise um, when they jumped out you know, to a, a decent lead. It just, you know, I, I thought it was going to take some time for Tulsa to get going. And then I thought, well, they may never get going. You know, first string quarterback goes down, second string quarterback goes down. I mean, I, I just, uh, you know, I honestly felt a little bit bad for Tulane because they were the victim of Tulsa's magic, you know. <laughs> Obviously, they had to have a lot of things go right to even be in those situations. But Tulane, um, I was pretty impressed with how they played, certainly in the first half. Well, it speaks to what kind of heart this football team has. And, you know, when you get to Davis Brin, you know, who's been waiting for, for a chance, and, boy, he he capitalized on that in, in spades. Yeah, and, and, you know, Phil Montgomery describes it now as, you know, Davis wasn't technically the third-string guy. He was, you know, kind of even with Seth Boomer as, as the number two guy. I'm like, well, you still put him out there third after the other two. So, you know, to all of us, he was the third-string guy. But, you know, he's a guy who, um, you know, just really hadn't gotten his chance yet. But you felt like he probably would get his chance next season. Um, certainly a guy who uh, had a really incredible high school career just ridiculous numbers that he put up. And, um, you know, I, I was really uh, not that surprised with his passing ability, having seen him in practice, but that 18 yard touchdown, you know, in the fourth quarter, that surprised me probably the most out of, of everything that Davis did, did because I, I didn't know that he would be able to have a play like that, you know, in, in a crucial moment of a game um, for him to, you know, rush for 18 yards and score a touchdown. I, I did not see that coming, but, you know, I do think that he, uh, he has an arm and, and if, if he, you know, who knows what the rest of the season is going to look like or, or next year, or, you know, even beyond that. But I think that he's a guy who uh, will have more chances in his career. And I think he has a chance to be a really good quarterback for Tulsa. I just didn't, didn't expect it to be at any point this year. 
So with the Houston game that was impending but now has been postponed, uh, would Davis Brin have started or was Zach Smith in line to come back? Uh, what, where, where did that stand at the quarterback position? I kind of felt like it was probably going to be Davis, but, you know, they were describing Zach as being day-to-day um, with, with a torso injury, which, you know, we believe that to be a, a rib injury, um, which can be, you know, very painful and, and difficult to, to kind of predict um you know, how, how long that's going to linger. Um, so, you know, it's hard to say which one it would have been, but I think that they felt, you know, after seeing what Davis did last week, I felt, I think they felt pretty confident, you know, that, that he could go out and, and do that again. Um, you know, I, I think especially when you consider that a lot of Houston's, um, missing personnel would have been on the defensive side. Um, you know, I, I think that that certainly would have would have uh, played a role in what what Tulsa would have would have been able to do. In some ways, the postponement may be a blessing in disguise. I mean, it does give Smith cha- more chance to recover, and at the same time, if, if it's going to be Davis Brin, he gets more time to prepare. Yeah, you know, I th- I think that Tulsa is kind of like you know we're going to make the 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 most out of you know whatever the situation is going to be. They've been doing that all season, so. Um, you know, I, I know that they were, um, you know, gearing up to play three crucial games in three weeks, you know, possibly four, you know, if, if um, they if Tulsa made it to the conference championship game. So these are difficult opponents to, to play, um, you know, in back to back weeks, um, you know, Houston and, and uh, Navy and Cincinnati. Um, so, you know, it does give a little bit more time to, um, you know, get healthy, uh, get back on track. You know, they they'd had. Uh, a week previously to prepare for Navy, so I don't know if they need to specifically prepare for for that game. But you just you know some time to regroup. Uh, you know they they played um, last Thursday, but before that they played on Saturday night, so that was a really difficult turnaround. So you know I, I think that they're uh, probably glad that the um, you know the postponement happened early in the week because it, it tends to happen to Tulsa you know on Wednesday or Thursday before the game, so they got a little bit more notice before they got too deep in the week. So, you know, I think it's probably a good time to have a bit of a break. And, uh, you know, they are definitely, you know, in control of their destiny as far as trying to get to the AAC championship game as they are continued to, to be unbeaten in conference. And uh, it could be a possibility where they end up playing Cincinnati two weeks in a row, one to end the season, and then immediately in the uh, AAC championship game. I know, Philip Montgomery probably does wants wants to take them one at a time, but uh, you look at how things lay out. You know, this uh, could be very interesting how it finishes up. Yeah, and you know, if, if you look at it from Cincinnati's perspective, you know, being seventh in the college football playoff rankings, you know, and Tulsa being twenty fifth, they're thinking, man, if if we can beat a team like Tulsa two weeks in a row, like you know, that's that's going to be really good for our resume. I'm I'm sure that's what they're thinking. So you know, Tulsa is you know not really interested in and in, in hearing that so they're they're going to want to you know make a case for themselves to you know to make it to the conference championship game um you know they don't have a lot of work left to do that you know if this Houston game doesn't you know get made up which at this point you know that's going to be difficult to do so you know that makes that game at Navy next week such a big game for Tulsa you know to be um you know, to have had struggles the last three seasons and, and finish in the, in the bottom of the league and um, to have the turnaround that they're having, um, you know, 
they're not used to having the, the big games like that. So um, that game at Navy, you know, if they win that, um, you know, to, to be able to uh, maybe not stress as much about the first Cincinnati game, um, you know, I, you just don't know how things are going to go. But, you know, I, I do think that the scene has been set for, for the possibility to, to play Cincinnati um, two games in a row. And that, that'd be a difficult team to beat once. Um, so, you know, it's hard to say how things will will play out, but uh, with Tulsa, I, I should know by now. We can't count them out. <laughs> yeah, and and certainly, you know, while it would be a tall order, you certainly want the opportunity. That that is for sure. Well, you you said you've run out of words for for how to describe Tulsa season. I would also imagine you probably have run out of words uh, in describing the season Zayvon Collins is having and uh, <laughs> and what he's doing. Yeah, I have. Um... I'm going to have to come up with some words to, to describe it because I have a story that's running on him this weekend that is several thousand words long. So uh, I haven't finished that yet, so I still have a ways to go. But, you know, I I just think that that's an incredible story, his, his background and, you know, being raised by a single mom, not being recruited, um, you know, getting a, a, an offer from Tulsa late in the game and, and you know, snatching that up and just coming in super motivated um and now being you know a a candidate for some national awards and you know there's there's even you know mention of a you know dark horse heisman candidate i think that's a little bit far-fetched but you never know at this point i mean if you look at his stats um through six games and imagine through a full season you know he has um four intercept four interceptions two pick sixes you know quite a few TFLs. I mean, he he would have uh, really impressive numbers if, if this were a normal season. Nothing about this season is normal, though. Um, but, you know, what he's been able to do um, at the linebacker spot, a position that he didn't play in high school, um, really just all of it adds up to just being a really cool deal to, to see him, um, you know, perform at this level this season. Um, just you know, getting to know his family a little bit, how much it means to them. It just, you know, that's that's probably my favorite thing about, you know, this job is um, when you're around a program enough and you get to know the people involved and how much it means to them, you know, that's what makes it pretty cool. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and I wouldn't rule things out for him in the Heisman in 2020 just because the way this this year has gone. You never, you, you never know. But um, that said, uh, you know, they said on the game broadcast that he played some quarterback in high school. Is he the emergency quarterback for the Golden Hurricane? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, there's been a lot of joking about that, you know, and who's, who's next to a depth chart. But, you know, because it's Philip Montgomery, they have, you know, six quarterbacks on the, on the roster and, you know, Zayvon Collins is not one of those, but, you know, uh, Zayvon, that was his primary position in high school. Um, you know, starting his sophomore year, he was a six, two hundred and seventy five pound quarterback. And, um, you know, you know how it is with small town, you know, teams, the best athlete is the quarterback. And, uh, you know, he won a state title his senior year as a, as a quarterback. He also played safety on defense, but, um, it would not surprise me at some point to see a play for Zaven on offense this year. That would not surprise me at all. That would be very, very much a Philip Montgomery thing to do. And he'd probably score a touchdown too. <laughs> just, probably, yeah. just, just to put the cherry on top of that. Well, as, uh, as you know, we go towards the end of the season, as you mentioned, you know, we get the, the, the college football playoff rankings. Cincinnati comes in at number seven. This is the highest G5 team has come in 
in the college football playoff poll. And that just, uh, again, just uh, is really elevating this uh, this conference. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think, um, you know, regardless of, of how Tulsa plays into all of that, you know, I think it's great for the league. You know, I still think that, you know, there's work left to do to, to get the conference to be, you know, respected enough to, to be a little bit higher. You know, it's like what, what else needs to be done? But, you know, I, I think that um, having a team that's in the conversation, you know, like UCF was a few years ago, I, I think that that's great for the league, um, you know, and, and you know, it, I think it's only going to improve. You know, I think that this league has shown, um, you know, there still needs to be more non-conference wins. And in a, in a season like this, this, you know, there, there weren't as many opportunities for that. But I think that this league is getting more respect and that's very much deserved because, um, you know, there's there's not a drop off in, in um, coaching. There's not a drop off in talent. Um, I, I think that um, what Cincinnati is doing and however far, you know, they go with that, that shows that, you know, this is this is a league that has teams that are really fun to watch and really talented. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, that game last week was, was with the with the double overtime was uh, probably making you nervous towards deadline. And, you know, for people who, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you can put your 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 workout online at any time. But uh, the newspaper prints and the deadline is a lot earlier than most people probably would imagine. <laughs> so uh, describe that uh, that tension you may have had trying to uh, get finished up for uh, for making the print edition of the newspaper. Yeah, I think every time I'm on a deadline, a really tight deadline like that, you know, with a game that comes down to literally the last play, it, it probably takes at least a year off my life. So, you know, it's just a sacrifice that I'm making. But um, seriously, though, like it's it's fun. I enjoy the adrenaline rush. I enjoy the challenge of it. That's part of the reason I like my job is, you know, it's it's not easy to, um, you know, watch a, a game unfold the way that that one did. Um, and know that, you know, I need to send a story in, you know, about 700 words or so immediately after the game was over. Like there wasn't any real cushion. It was like this story has to just, you know, be on its way uh, to my editors, you know, as soon as the game ended. So, uh, you know, that was fun. That was um, exciting. So, uh, you know, I rewrote that story multiple times as that game went on <laughs> just because uh you know there were so many moments when you know I, I thought this is where their magic runs out this is it and you know for for that game to uh play out the way it did um it's fun to write about games like that because it's uh just you know you could write a lot of words i i probably wrote too many but uh it's it's fun to be able to you know be part of something like that now, does the does the, does the paper print locally? I mean, I know some newspapers yes. print out of market, so I mean that would have been even tougher. You may not would not a major deadline, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, uh, our our paper prints in town. We do print several others in the region, uh, so that buys us some time. Um, you know, but a lot of late games this season. A lot of you know Tulsa's played mostly night games. It seems like all of the games that have been. Uh, postponed or canceled were the ones that would have, you know, like Saturday, that was going to be an 11 a.m. game. And of course, that's that's one that gets taken off. The same thing with Navy, that was supposed to be an 11 a.m. game. So uh, they just had a lot of night games and a lot of, you know, dramatic finishes. And uh, it's been, um, 
you know, interesting. I'm sure my editors have been stressing about, uh, you know, whether my story was going to be in on time. But, you know, I, I think I've made it uh, close enough. Um, so it, it's worked out all right. <laughs> well, that's definitely good stuff. And, uh, you know, we'll probably be uh, talking again very soon as uh, we wind down towards the end of the season and uh, Tulsa's uh, impact in the uh, in the AAC. And I also have to give you props for marketing skill because after the dramatics on SMU, you put out on Twitter not only a, a copy of the newspaper, but a little young kitten named Benny to uh, help sell. <laughs> you always use an animal in, in commercials. It always works. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good marketing right there. Yeah, Benny is still up for adoption. So sadly, nobody has, uh, you know, decided that they need him so he's he's still available well if i was in tulsa i would take him <laughs> <laughs> but uh definitely uh, good stuff there and uh, uh again uh kelly let the folks know how to follow your work for the tulsa world um tulsaworld.com is a great place to start um also um on twitter kelly heinz tw excellent stuff and uh, we will be talking again soon and uh We do uh, wish you and yours a very, very happy Thanksgiving. Okay, thank you so much. And for our listeners in and around the Tulsa market, please adopt Benny. Go to Kelly's Twitter feed, look back from about a week ago, from from this past weekend, I should say, and take a look at Benny. He's a cute one. Get him adopted. So Tulsa was scheduled to play Houston at noon on ESPNU, but that game is not going to happen on Saturday as there's continued COVID issues with the Cougars program. So that game could be played on December 19th, but if Tulsa's in the AAC championship game, the game will not be made up. The rest of the schedule, Friday, it's the annual Black Friday showdown between UCF and USF. 3.30 on ESPN. The Bulls lead the all-time series 6-5. UCF was victorious last season by a 34-7 count. SMU at East Carolina, that's going to be a noon kickoff on ESPN+. Plus. The all-time series tied at four games apiece. You might recall last year's game was a barn burner. SMU winning 59-51. Cincinnati on the road to face Temple, 4 o'clock on ESPNU. Temple leads the all-time series 13-8 with one tie. The Bearcats were victorious last season 15-13 in somewhat uh, controversial fashion. Memphis at Navy, 7 o'clock. And again, that uh, schedule is to be announced as far as the network is concerned. Navy leads the all-time series 3-2. The last meeting a year ago, Memphis won 35-23. We're back to talk about the conference players of the week and more news and notes, including the start of College Hoops. That's coming up next when the AAC Report continues in just a moment. Hello, Night Nation. This is Andrew Fagley reminding you to tune in every Tuesday night, 9 to 10 p.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580, plus the WDBO app for Nightline at Night, brought to you by Chad Bar Law. We'll be taking your calls and your texts, reacting to the previous week's UCF sports action, and you never know who will show up. 
Once again, that's Nightline at Night, every Tuesday, 9 to 10 p.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580, plus the WDBO app. Go Knights and charge on. Welcome. This is a promo for the Take a Left at Albuquerque podcast, new to the Nightline Sports Network. You should listen to it. I say things like this. We need to stop blaming Jerry because we would do the exact same thing if we owned the Dallas freaking Cowboys. Do you know how much fun it is to own the Dallas Cowboys? My guests will say things sometimes like uh, this. It's, it's the Lord of the Flies thing that happens when they don't understand that things are wrong spoiler alert until piggy dies yeah, um Lord it, it, of the flies has been out for like like 100 years it, like, it, i don't it, even know yeah, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. sorry sorry to everyone at home yeah. who i spoiled the book for a book's been out for like 90 years or something and sometimes rarely though i'll say really stupid things like this if they don't make it out of the west and the raptors get to the finals I will go on either this show or whoever show and say that Kawhi Leonard is overrated. I just because I have too much evidence of it. New episodes drop every Friday with me and some of my good friends right here on the Nightline Sports Network. All right, the players of the week. Well, no surprise here. Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati, is the offensive player of the week. As we mentioned, four touchdowns, 395 yards of total offense as the Bearcats remain unbeaten and uh, make their drive towards possibly a New Year's Six Bowl and an outside chance of getting into the college football playoff. Ritter, 21-32 for a season-high 338, two touchdowns, 57 yards rushing with two TDs as well. But he has a co-player of the week, and it was the aforementioned Davis Brent of Tulsa. The third quarterback on the depth chart comes in and saves the day. 18-28 18 to 28 for 266 and two touchdowns, including the Hail Mary that tied the game at the end of regulation. Also had an 18 yard rushing touchdown in that uh, double overtime victory for Tulsa. And uh, the man who clinched it, Zaven Collins, is the defensive player of the week yet again. Also chosen as the Walter Camp National Defensive Player of the Week with the big 96 yard interception return for a touchdown to uh, win the game for Tulsa in the second overtime. He had a game-high 15 tackles. The special teams player of the week is Tyler Sneed of East Carolina. 169 yards on special teams. He had 244 all-purpose yards in their victory over Temple. 95-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. 111 yards on kickoff returns, all told. 58 on five punt returns. Three catches for 75 and a touchdown. The 2020 American Athletic Conference Football Championship will be televised nationally in primetime on ABC. It'll be the sixth straight season in which the American Football Championship game has been televised on ABC. And this year's game will cap off a conference championship triple header on the network. The American will kick off at 8 o'clock. That follows the Big 12 Championship at noon and the ACC Championship at 4 o'clock. And it will be played at the home stadium of the team with the highest winning percentage in conference games. And turning to hoops, the American opens the 2020-2021 season with a four-game slate on Wednesday. South Florida kicks off the season hosting Florida College 11.30 a.m. on ESPN+. Memphis takes on St. Mary's on ESPN2 at 2.00. 
And uh, that will be in the first round of the Bad Boy Mowers Crossover Classic in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Houston, selected as the preseason favorite to win the AAC men's basketball title and voting by the league's head coaches, will host Lamar at 3 o'clock on ESPN+, Plus, all times Eastern. And uh, in the evening, SMU hosts Sam Houston at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Some other notable games coming up on the weekend. Saturday, Oklahoma will be hosted by UCF ESPN Plus at 2 p.m. Temple at Virginia Tech on ESPN News at 8 p.m. Sunday, Houston, who's ranked uh, 17th, taking on uh, 14th ranked Texas Tech on ESPN2. That's a 5.30 tip on Sunday. And Monday, UCF hosting another uh, uh, big conference team as Auburn comes into town and again, that's a 7 o'clock Monday, November the 30th. And again, all times are Eastern. And in women's hoops, six different American teams are in action beginning Wednesday in non-conference play. And nine of the conference's 11 teams are expected to kick off the season by the end of play on November the 29th. Hope you're looking forward to a big football weekend. And as again, as we gave you the schedule... Always subject to change as we, of course, had the Tulsa-Houston game get knocked off the schedule. As always, please follow me on Twitter at JeffHallen underscore 88 and follow the Nightline Sports Network at UCF underscore Nightline. This has been the AAC Report, only on the Nightline Sports Network. I'm Jeff Allen. Have yourselves a happy Thanksgiving and stay safe.